Hey guys, welcome back to A Woman Podcast. I'm pretty sure this is like the third time I have rebranded. There goes my cat with the zoomies. Anyways, I'm pretty sure this is the third time I've rebranded this podcast, but you know what? My simple explanation is before I didn't have my licensures yet. I was still a student in school and I felt like I was trying to explain things that I had not fully been equipped to explain yet. I feel like I was kind of not in the place to be giving what I had intended to the audience I had intended. I feel like before I was not getting across what I intended to get across because I was not equipped to be discussing the topics that I was trying to discuss yet. But now that I've graduated school and I have been getting my licensures, I feel like now is the time to officially start over. And with that, I have come with a whole new rebrand. And mainly, I just wanted to make sure that above all else, what I intended from the beginning was this podcast to be an informational an educational resource for families and parents and children and whoever needs to hear and learn about this stuff. With that being said, our first episode of the first new season is about childhood trauma. I have all my resources pulled up here. Um, I have been reading and I am refreshed and I am ready to discuss And I love talking about this too. I could literally like talk about this to somebody for hours. So I wanted to talk a little bit about trauma and stressor related disorders in children. These are a group of emotional and behavioral problems, obviously, um, that result during childhood um, and come from traumatic and stressful life experiences. These experiences can really include anything. It doesn't have to be the stereotypical, like, the thing I hate the most is, like, I always hear from, and I guess I shouldn't say hate, the thing that I wish I didn't hear, that I wish I didn't still see being promoted to children and said to children, is that, like, they don't have trauma because, you know, they didn't go to war. They didn't, like, have, like, a very extreme stereotypical experience that you hear about when you think about trauma it's known throughout history that like it's just a recent development now guys that like these trauma related disorders have even been made in the diagnostic statistical manual for mental disorders um and with that being said we're still seeing a lot of stigmatization come with how we teach and react to trauma Really, trauma and stressful experiences can include exposure to any sort of physical or emotional violence or pain, obviously like abuse, neglect, but even like family conflict. Observing a parent being treated poorly can be traumatic um, or being, you know, the victim of abuse. These are stressors um, that can cause trauma obviously but stressors such as parental separation or divorce can even cause severe emotional reactions emotional or physical neglect obviously can cause problems when they are prolonged 
um, and not addressed. I mean, even if you think about it, a move or the birth of a sibling can be a stressor that can cause difficulties for children. I don't know if any of like the parents listening have ever experienced their kid having like extreme difficulties after a big move or after the birth of a sibling, but these are things that happen and a lot of the times they're dismissed as normal behavior, but really it is something we should be paying attention to. So the different trauma and stressor related disorders that children can experience are PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder, um, acute stress disorder, which we'll explain a bit more of that later, adjustment disorders, reactive attachment disorder, disinhibited social engagement disorder, which is one of the new ones, and unclassified and unspecified trauma disorders, which is also one of the new ones. Let's just like talk a little bit about each one and why there is a distinction for each one in the manual. Firstly, obviously, PTSD. This is the one that was around, well, no, not first. First, it was just, what was it called? Not trauma shock, uh, shell shock. That was what it was called because it was referenced to, basically, when we first discovered trauma, it was from war. It was from people coming back from war and having these symptoms, and they described it as, as shell shock, like you were an empty vessel of a body like you were just a body and there was nothing inside of you because you went through such trauma you know like because they had these experiences and symptoms of you know the glazed over you think of like veterans like they have the tv off but they hear the war noises in their head and they're zoned out and glazed over and you can't talk to them they're just totally out of it like that's what you're thinking about and it eventually evolved into PTSD, but this is all there was. It was just post-traumatic stress disorder. Now we have all these different classifications, and we even have a specific section that isn't just trauma disorders. I guess I should say trauma and stress-related disorders, but it's specifically also for children. And I love that because it really is so much different for children when they go through trauma as a child compared to as an adult really really different long-lasting effects so PTSD I mean children and adolescents or adults anybody can experience PTSD but children and teens with PTSD have symptoms such as I don't know frightening thoughts flashbacks of the trauma event um, frightening memories and their persistent reoccurring other symptoms could be intense jumpiness, sleep problems, night terrors, you know, then you could see problems in social settings or in academic settings, avoiding certain places or situations. A lot of the time you see PTSD, um, people with PTSD also experiencing severe depression and anxiety. Um, and with anxiety and stress comes headaches and stomach pains. And with children, this is what you're going to see a lot is verbally expressed to you. If you work with children and, you know, oh my gosh, when I worked with kids, we would take these surveys every couple, like every other semester or every semester. And it would always say a question on there like, 
do you get headaches, stomach aches, blah, 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 often. And basically it's asking to kind of gauge like, how stressed are you? Is this something that maybe we should be a little bit more looking into? Um, because when you're a child, you don't have the verbal language development yet to be able to tell somebody, I'm depressed. I'm sad. And if you have that, you definitely can't tell them it's from trauma and it's from this. Like, there's no way. My, like, no way. They're going to tell you, you're going to say, what's wrong? And they're going to tell you, my head hurts. Well, why does your head hurt? I don't know. That's, yeah, that's about how it's going to go. And you're going to have to do a lot of assuming and guessing. So it's important to know these symptoms so that when they pop up, you're ready to help and support. Acute stress disorder. The symptoms of acute stress disorder are basically the same as PTSD, but they occur within the first month after being exposed to the trauma event. If they last longer than a month, then you're going into PTSD. One of the main classifications with PTSD is that it has to last longer than a month. So when you think of acute, I remember what my professor told me is he thinks of an acute angle. And that's always helped me because I think of it as like an acute angle. It's compressed. It's happening in a small amount of time. Um, That's it, basically. (laughs) So a lot of the time, acute stress disorder, I feel like, is what gets noticed more quickly in children. Um, But it's not something that often, I feel like, is diagnosed openly not at least that I hear or have experienced um but if you think about it a lot of the time you'll see acute stress disorder in children when something has happened and then very suddenly you're seeing changes in your child's behavior with night terrors more hyper arousal um things like this like same symptoms that you would see with PTSD but very suddenly and they last for a month. So if you're seeing that, you're going to also want to take note because this is a trauma response. And again, you're going to want to be ready to know the symptoms so you can help and support your child. Alright, adjustment disorders. Adjustment disorders are very unhealthy and unhelpful. Um, Their reactions to stressful events or changes in the child's life the reactions could be very emotional. They're, they are very emotional um, and usually look like being very depressed or nervous um, or behavioral such as having misconduct or violating the rights of others. Um, adjustment disorders tend to happen after a trauma event where, as in the name, the child is having a hard time adjusting to something. So, this is where you may see after a small T trauma, maybe. I'm just thinking what I would see this mostly in, in my personal experience. Um, I would see kids having adjustment disorders, usually after a big move. And I mean, sometimes it is just a normal transitionary adjustment, but if you're seeing big depressed moods, nervousness, misconduct, violating the rights of others, those are very bigger emotions and behaviors and that usually is stemming from a more extreme cause. Alright, reactive attachment disorder. Children with reactive attachment disorder 
usually it's like it says in the name attachment disorders are you know the different attachment styles if you know what those are um usually children experience this when they're younger and they're building their trust and mistrust in their infancy and toddlerhood with their parents um and if it's not you say like you have a neglectful parent you're going to not form a very secure attachment with that parent because you didn't feel cared for um and there's different attachment styles depending on the different ways you were treated and the different bonds you tried to form with your caregiver and these affect attachment styles affect long-term relationships um so when you're having reactive attachment disorder you're going to see a lot of limited emotional responses in situations where ordinarily you would expect them um you might see like a lack of remorse after a bad behavior per se happens or a lack of response to a positive emotional trigger or a negative emotional trigger um children with this disorder appear most of the time to not want or need comfort from caregivers or may even seem displeased by it um they may not care when like toys are taken away from them very low reaction to things that should be getting reactions to and so when you think of reactive this is the big thing to remember is you think reactive as in yes we are reacting but it's actually the opposite when you hear reactive you should be thinking the child is not reacting to what should be getting reacted to and then this is because of having an insecure attachment style so this ends up becoming a stress related disorder if you're seeing a child having these symptoms you're definitely going to want to be paying attention to the relationship dynamics they're having with the people in their family and their caregivers. Disinhibited social engagement disorder. Children with this disorder are unusually unusually can't speak open to interactions with strangers. So unlike reactive attachment disorder, it's kind of the opposite with disinhibited social engagement disorder. Think about social engagement. Normal functioning social engagement, I don't need to explain that, you can think of that in your head. Adding disinhibited onto it, um, it's non-functional in the way that it is being over-engaging in interactions with people. People that probably they shouldn't be, like strangers. They can be over-eager to form attachments with others, walking up to and even hugging random people they could be these kids that tend to wander off with strangers without checking with their parent or caregiver. So there's a fine line sometimes like I can see a lot of parents a lot of the time saying, "Well, how do I know if they're just a wanderer, if, you know, they just don't have the focus, if I don't know." But a lot of the time the distinction is the over interactiveness with strangers being way too open to attachments and interactions with strangers that's what you want to look for and if this is happening a lot of the time again it's because of some sort of attachment related thing or some sort of trauma or stress related event and whether no matter what it is if these are the symptoms that you're seeing in your child 
you need to start looking at what could be possibly stressing or traumatizing my kid right now. Unclassified and unspecified trauma disorders. So basically, if any of these emotional and behavioral reactions to trauma don't fit into the categories above, then they fall into this category. That's it. So <laughs> so basically, now that you know about all the different exact um, trauma and stress-related disorders, um, we need to, and why it's important to know about the symptoms, because nothing is more important in helping your child pass stress and trauma, I mean, than hopefully getting them the resources they need, but most importantly above all of that is having a good social support system. If you don't have a social support system that is healthy and good for a child to have, I mean anybody, if you don't have a good social support system, you're going to be depressed, you're going to be struggling, it's not going to be easy. And for children that are going through stress and trauma, this is even more important. As someone that has gone through childhood stress and trauma, it can, from personal experience and testimony, it can have health and life impacts beyond these five types of emotional disorders. Research into the effects of adverse childhood experiences or ACEs, I love talking about adverse childhood experiences. Research in this topic has shown a direct relationship between this and a wide range of negative outcomes later in life. Adverse experiences are considered to be physical, sexual, or emotional abuse, physical or emotional neglect, household violence, substance abuse, mental illness, separation or divorce with your parents, or incarceration of a family member, any of those could be considered trauma as well, and they are obviously stressing. And results have shown that the more ACEs a child is exposed to, the greater the likelihood of there being negative health and life outcomes later in life. This could include heart disease, stroke, diabetes, asthma, depression, alcohol abuse, drug abuse, poor academic achievement, unemployment, and the list can go on. And from, again, personal experience, I can say from falling into one of the adverse experiences above, I have experienced some of these lifelong difficulties, one of them being depression. And that is why it's so important to pay attention to what is happening in your child's life and to be in tune with what they are doing with their behaviors and what they are feeling with their emotions because you don't want to be that parent that ends up just dismissing something and then you see it develop later in life and you weren't able to help in the way you could have earlier I guess is what I'm trying to say. And with that being said, I know a lot of parents want to know about this. And even a lot of children that are now adults like myself that want to know about this. I mean, God, I had to go through years of therapy. <laughs> years, I still am, to be figuring out what exactly is going on with me. And again and again, I just keep finding it's tracing back to childhood trauma. And you'll see a lot of times in school settings 
or in clinical settings where kids are getting sent because of whatever symptoms or behaviors they're having in social settings and institutions they're being sent to counselors to figure out what's going on and you'll see like kids are getting like ADHD or ODD or I don't know those are just the most common ones I can think of in this case when it comes to misdiagnosing trauma a lot of the time like those diagnoses will get made um, because those are the symptoms you're experiencing and a lot of the time when you're having diagnoses with mental disorders the symptoms overlap in different disorders I mean you can have more than one disorder. I have PTSD and I also have major depressive disorder and that is very, very common. It's also very common for um, people with autism spectrum disorder to have sensory processing disorder, you know? Like, it's a normal occurrence. So with that being said, misdiagnosing is so common and a lot of the time ADHD and ODD is what gets misdiagnosed for what is actually a trauma and stress-related disorder in children and then you know that has its own problems of they're not getting the resources they could be um, again personal experience I have gone through and it prolongs and makes trying to figure out as a person going through it what's going on with you a lot harder and it takes a lot longer and it is not a fun thing to experience not at all and it is very draining to feel to say the least and as somebody that was a child experiencing trauma or stress and has grown up into their early 20s please to all the parents like it's going to be so much more worth it to your kid as they grow up if you can catch this stuff and help them with it and support them early on. And that's all I'm really going to get into today about childhood trauma. As I said, I'm trying to just give a little bit of like basic info so that it's easily like learnable and retainable and comprehensible. Um, but there's a lot more to dig into here. And if you want me to discuss a bit more of the actual science and anatomy and development behind what happens with children and trauma then go ahead and let me know in the comments because I would love to talk about it I hope you enjoyed learning a little bit with me all of the resources um, referenced in this podcast episode will be provided in the description section of this episode go ahead and follow all of my socials to learn more about me and what I do and my licensures and certifications and whatever else it is that you want to do and to simply just support me and what I am trying to do all the handles will also be in the description of this podcast episode and I hope you guys have a healthy and happy day and thank you for supporting and listening and learning with me. I hope to see you soon at the next episode and have an awesome day.